brain Welcome into his frequency Enter at your own risk Come be at peace with me Ask the call Where we rise and don't fall Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter Ehaw. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today I have a special guest with me. She is, uh, first of all, a mother. She is a senior manager of diversity and inclusion, uh, a philanthropist, a PhD candidate and a world traveler, like in real life, like Nefertiti Holt. Hello, Nefi. How are you? I'm great. Hello, Baxter. And thank you for having me. You made it to Baxter's Buzz. We've been talking about this for forever, it feels like. And, yeah. you know, um, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to, to having this conversation. Now, today, um, we are actually going to... Uh, have a different uh, sort of setup. And we really want to, uh, throughout the month of February, we want to honor a number of our um, Black Americans who've contributed to this American history, right? And so I'm, I'm asking um, some of the people that I respect highly to sort of uh, bring bring a person that they want to pay homage to um, to the to the forefront, and we can you know have a discussion around it. So, um, Nephi, who would you like to talk about today? Well, there's so many people in my head, but you told me I could have one. So, with that one, I'm going to tell you Malcolm X, and he's near and dear to my heart for so many reasons. Uh, but the biggest one is my father was a great fan of Malcolm X. In fact, my entire childhood, my daddy never took us to the movies except for one time. And that's when we went to go see Malcolm X. And wow. for me, yeah, it, it was amazing. And I remember like it was yesterday, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to the movies? Wow. <laughs> and, and for those who don't know, it's like a three hour movie. So it's not like an hour wow. and a half, it's a long movie, but it was so good and filled with so much information. It didn't seem that, it, you know, three hours went by at all. It, it felt like it could have, even as a young person, right? It felt like we could have watched another three hours of it. Because it, it was so informative. And you and you were so enlightened, like, wow, I can't believe all these obstacles. I can't believe all these things that had happened. And that's one of the things I really admire about him. Uh, my biggest takeaway from actually watching the movie and reading the book was that this gentleman could have, you know, played the victim when he was incarcerated. He could have blamed everything on everyone, but he took that time to look inward and he was illiterate and he couldn't really read. He didn't know how to articulate. And he came out just this professional, confident, strong, knowledgeable brother. And it was like, whoa, he did his own self-transformation. And how awesome is that? He came in as a caterpillar and left out as a butterfly. No doubt. No doubt. And ultimately, that's what, that's what we want to do. Every every time I do something different, I'm celebrating every milestone and I want to come out at the end of the day as this beautiful butterfly. But I know I'm still in my caterpillar stage. Well, I would to, to disagree. I think you are um, going to have a number of variations of this, a new sort of new like butterfly, but you're definitely killing it right now um, and making your own history. But what I think about, so I'm a big sports guy. I make a lot of metaphors as it relates to sports. And so a, a, a lot of um, what people like to do, especially in the NBA, is sort of redraft 
right? So you have um, two rounds, you have your top, you know, 10, top 15 people that people are really looking at depending on the draft, right? And then one person plays really well, and you know, some person who had these high expectations, they don't play as well. And then they they say, oh, man, if they could go back, I'm sure that this guy, one guy who, who was at the bottom would be towards the top. But when I think about Malcolm X, I think about uh, about draft order um, and just adversity that we have to face, right? And sometimes you have to be drafted low in order to have that adversity to make you great. So being drafted number one sets a lot of expectations, but if I'm drafted number 30 or number 50, maybe that chip on my shoulder is actually what propels me to this, to this greatness. Right. And, and so, you know, you can't, you know, so you look at Malcolm and what he had to endure and, you know, had a very, you know, interesting childhood, a, a, a lot of adversity. Obviously, he became, you know, a criminal, did all sorts of things and then sort of cleaned his act up. He had to live those experiences to really deliver and present the person that that we, you know, we weren't around, but the people, you know, that we fell in love with, that, that, that finished product that we saw was a was um created by the things that he had learned down you know prior to that to that time right but you know prior to being incarcerated no and i totally agree with you a lot of times in life we think everything's supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be perfect and when you were having the sports analogy it made me think of michael jordan and all the different things he had you know going on in his life and he wasn't good you know he wasn't that great and they kept saying like you know like no you're not great and that adversity was like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work harder. Even when he failed in other sports, um, it just made him that much more better, which is, you know, to some people, he's like the greatest player of all time, you know, yeah. and some people may say Kobe, but Hey, I don't want to get into all that. But <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, to your point, adversity makes you a little bit stronger in my opinion. And sometimes when people talk about different, you know, historical people, they want someone who's just clean, but the truth be told, none of us have this clean slate we all have adversity we all have obstacles and the more we talk about it and the more transparent we are then the more achievable that other people will see our goals or, or things that we want to do if we seem perfect and someone's reaching for perfection it will never happen and unfortunately for us to be better and to give out you know more to ourselves and to other generations we have to be straight up and honest about things that have happened to us period that's the only way that we're going to make a social impact and we're going to make a change to say these things happen to me and I got over it by X, Y, and Z. If you apply the same tools or similar resources, you can have this particular outcome more, more likely. That's right. That's right. People are striving for something that's not attainable. Like perfection isn't attainable. We we uh, have made plenty of mistakes. And yeah, if the more transparent we can be, the more people we can we can inspire. Um, to tell me. Give me a couple of things that when you think about Malcolm X, um, did you admire or just some of sort of the highlights about between the movie, the the autobiography, just the message? Like what what are you like? Uh, what do you think about what comes to mind first when you think about Malcolm X? The first thing that comes to mind 100% is his confidence. He did not care the environment, his feelings here. And it wasn't like he was being 
uh, disrespectful or anything like that. He was just absolute about whatever he felt at that particular time. And I love, like, there was one particular interview, and I wish I could recall um, the title, but he had his shoulders back. He had his legs crossed. He was sitting here, and he was talking to the gentleman, and he was just straight up. And everything that guy came at him with, he was just boom, boom, boom. And the guy was like, well, you know, Malcolm, he's like, you know, what I said is what I said. And I and I like that, especially as an African-American woman. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm aging myself, but I was taught to kind of... Um, you know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and kind of say less in a particular room, especially when I'm in a room full of males and so on. And watching him as I was younger, it kind of more confidence that when I need to pull out something and I am sure about whatever, if, whether it's data information, whether it's an experience, that I can too put my shoulders back and speak confidently regardless of how someone else feels because my opinion or my facts are my facts. And it's okay to agree or disagree to disagree. And so, or agree to disagree, shall I say. So for me, I loved his confidence regardless of where he was, especially at the time where it was like, are you being cocky? Do you know who I am? You know, and he didn't care. And he was, and one thing I also loved is that he was willing to take whatever consequences came from that. See, some people will do that and they're not ready for the consequences or repercussions, but he didn't, he was like, hey, this is what I am. This is who I am, and you can accept it or you don't, but I'm still going to say true to myself. So ultimately, I know that was a long answer, but no, he was true good. to himself, and I love that because it helped me be true to myself, which I still work on all the time, depending on where I'm at. But at 40 years old, I'm more confident than I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was razor sharp, right? And he, he was very well prepared. And, um, you know, you, you're talking about from a, a, a Black woman's perspective, as a Black man, we are. Also, you know, I've also had um, apprehension about being my complete self in, in certain settings because, you know, we're trying to make other people comfortable. We don't want to appear too confident. We try, we, we start to dim, dim our own light. And um, when you have conviction about something, you've done the work you should be able to, you know, confidently sort of convey that and articulate whatever points you're trying to make, whatever the subject may be, right? Um, you talked about his preparedness, his confidence. I, I love that. Um, I think about his flexibility and the transformation that the world witnessed um, him kind of, um, discover sort of a, his new truth. He right. he admitted to things that maybe he believed in prior um, that was a little more exclusive. He became much more inclusive. And he, when he learned new things, he went just as hard for the new things that he had learned um, as he did prior, right? He didn't just dig his heels in, and say, well, everyone knows me for this. I'm just going to stay here. He, he continued to learn. And um, his ideas sort of evolved, you know, in, in a really a relatively short period of time. Oh, my gosh. You hit the nail on the head. He was totally opposite of confirmation bias. He was, he was the first person to exhibit, let me unlearn. And that's more of a new buzzword now. But he, at the time, probably didn't even know that he was unlearning things. Like, I thought this, but now I have new knowledge. And like you said, I'm going to not dig my my uh, my heels into anything. I'm going to be flexible enough to say this challenged my thought and my thinking. Let me go to the left or let me go to the right and let me get more information. And then, like you said, if in fact that I'm pro this, I'm going to be able to be transparent and say, hey, I thought this, 
but with this new information that contradicts this, and I may have been wrong. So I unlearned that, and now I'm going to go forward with this information. And imagine if we as a society did it more often versus saying we're going to stay true to this. And when someone questions, well, because my mama said, because her mama said, well, somebody might have been wrong. That's right. And that's, and that's okay. And then now that you know the new information, be held accountable for that and move forward. But we don't do that. You're, 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 you're only as good as the last time you've, you know, unlearned something, right? And I think, yeah, um, many times people will vehemently challenge other people's opinions, but they, they don't use that same uh, critique for their own opinions. And we always need to be sort of checking, making sure that we still feel the same way that we felt. And as we're learning, you know, I typically have more questions than answers. And I think it's not because I'm trying to uh, straddle the line. It's because I don't have more as much information as I feel like I need. And sometimes my opinions, I don't have strong opinions because I'm still trying to learn. And there's so many people out here loud, wrong and loud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... Put down the bullhorn. That's not yeah. a, that's not correct information. <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody tapped this dude on the shoulder. Tell like tap her on the shoulder. She's super wrong. But um, to to wrap, um, just as 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 we you know honor a, another sort of season of, of Black History with Black History Month. First of all, we need to be celebrating Black History Month every month because it, it is American history. Mm-hmm. But um, as you think about sort of 2022 and uh, that feels like all these historic events that have happened in the past just couple of years, um, just talk about um, the um, the Black American experience and sort of like, you know, kind of what you see, you know, two, three, four, five, ten years that, you know, to come in America. Well, being in the um, you know DNI practitioner, what I'm loving to see more often is um, younger generations of different people of color um, pursuing education, and then some doing the complete opposite. So, interestingly enough, I was kind of raised about education, education, um, but there's not just collegiate. You can go and do HVAC. You can go and do engineering and and do apprenticeship, but nobody is really uh, recognizing that it's not just one way to success or one way to the top, but I'm loving the younger generation that they're exploring different options and different avenues. And they, they're not used to the carrot dangling in front of them. They don't care about the carrot. They, they're like, I'll get a roommate. I'll live with my parents. I'll do whatever I do. Because at the end of the day, instead of just money and a title, um, I want comfort, I want culture, and I want happiness. And so that's when we see this great resignation or this great shift going on. I think that um, in the next couple of years, we're going to really see more females in leadership. We're going to see more opportunities for um, people of color. And I think that there's going to be another shift in the future, because once you get to that process where people are in these positions, initially, they're not going to be change agents because they're trying to figure out what to do, when to do, and how to do it. But after a couple of years, then they're going to be uh, more empowered to make those changes and more confident to make those changes. So at that time, we'll probably see a lot of shifting as well. And it's exciting. I mean, a lot of people don't like it and they're uncomfortable because change is uncomfortable. I mean, period. But 
I think when we get down the road and hopefully in our, in our children's life cycle that we don't have to talk about diversity and inclusion. We don't have to talk about segregation of this or that or silos. It would be that this person has great character and great work ethic. Doesn't matter if they're female or male. It doesn't matter what um, minority or where they come from. It's just that they're a great person or they're not. And so that's what I see for the future. And that's very optimistic view, but I have optimistic rose color lenses on because that's my personality. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll end by by saying this, um, you know, the whole, you know, we talk about diversity, we talk about equity, we talk about inclusion, right? And what we are starting to do, and I, I really hope that we see more of it, is that we don't look at people like they're outcasts. We look at them like amazing um contributors, potential contributors to this beautiful canvas that we're pay- painting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This has been really good. Um, this is the uh, first installment this year of the, you know, sort of honoring um, and having these sort of Black history talks. And I couldn't think of a better person to start this thing off. So Nephi, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been good. We definitely have to do this again. I know we have a couple other things in, in the works. Um, on behalf of Nefertiti, I am Baxter E. Hall, and I just want to say thank you all for uh, checking us out. Until next time, peace. Welcome into his brain. Welcome into his frequency. Enter at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Ask the call where we rise and don't fall.